What is going on, Wisconsin sports fans? This is the Cheese Dad Sports Podcast, podcast about Wisconsin sports, hosted by two dads. My name is Robin, co-owner of Wisconsin Sports Heroics and Gridiron Heroics. And I am McQuaid, the other co-owner of Wisconsin Sports Heroics and Gridiron Heroics, and the other half of the Wisconsin Sports Cheese Dad Podcast. On our last episode... We discussed Mark Adanasio's statement blaming the Josh Hader trade on David Stearns. We also discussed the remarks Brewers players made after the trade. It wasn't great. And then we talked some Packers training camp and who's looking good so far at practice. But today we're going to start by talking about Aaron Rodgers. Now you know that we are in some kind of purgatory as Wisconsin sports fans. The Brewers are on a slide, and the Brewers have not started, or and the Packers have not started any meaningful games yet. So the biggest headlines we get coming out of Green Bay are centered on Aaron Rodgers and his recent podcast appearances. First, there was his appearance on the Audrey Marcus podcast, and his detailing his of his use of psychedelics back in 2020. Now, there are a lot of people of a certain age group that didn't like that admission from him. Personally, I don't feel like it was a big deal. He was in Peru where it is legal and is a really important part of their religious heritage and cultural heritage. Something that he was trying to get in touch with. And honor and he's tested clean every ever since he got back so I really don't see what's a big deal and he credited the use of that uh, psychedelic and the things he it helped him learn about himself for how successful he was over the past two years so if anything I feel like Packers fans should be happy that he took that trip what do you think McQuaid I think that it's that it's crazy that Grown adults get so upset about uh, another grown ad- grown adult's actions that have no effect or bearing on their life. Um, you know, is Aaron Rodgers suspended suspended from the NFL season at any point in time in his career? Uh, no. So, so does this does this trip affect me or change my viewpoint of anything? No, of course not. Now, what he was doing was was trying to I, on this podcast. He was genuinely while he was talking a lot about his trip to Peru and use of psychedelics the the main majority of the podcast was focused on bettering your mental health and loving yourself and loving others and and living a happy life if you really want to wrap it up into a few things that's what it was all about so in this whole mist of everyone getting wound up about what he did and what what he took the whole point of the podcast was to spread positivity and this is how he himself got there and they said it multiple times on the podcast that not for everyone this is not what you i'm not suggesting this to anyone this is how i got to where i am and i wanted to share my story and who 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 doesn't want to do something that's that's a human nature type thing so there's two two sides of the coin right is my fan side said hey did aaron Rodgers suspend from the season no i don't care good for him do what he wants to do right the other side of it right is he you know he's, he's trying to spread this awareness of mental health and 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 how he got to where he is and why he's happy and what he's learned and if, and if that can help one person in the future, then then this podcast was was worth it. 
um, everything else in between, you know, and, and, and that part of it, that side of it, that the personal side of it, you can either choose to ignore it or accept it or whatever, but there's no, if you choose to ignore it or you, or you choose to not believe in it or not like it, go on about your day. You're, you're no worse for the wear of learning what Aaron Rodgers did in his personal life two years ago. Right. But if, if it is, if it does help you, if it is something you could take something away from it, then, then I think Aaron Rodgers proved what he was trying to do on the podcast or, or accomplished what he was trying to do on the podcast. And, and uh, you know, that that's really the, the, the length of it for me. I don't think it was a big deal. I don't think that any, any side was affected and uh, you know, I'm happy for him, happy that he found happiness and he found, he found himself. Yeah, I I had to laugh today during Matt LaFleur's interview before practice. Uh, a reporter asked him, uh, so I, I'm sure you're aware that uh, one of your quarterbacks uh, recently discussed using uh, psychedelic substances. Uh, have you, do you have any thoughts on that? And LaFleur, like, have you, have you ever seen Tombstone? With like uh, Val Kilmer and Kurt Russell, and they just have those beady eyes, and they yeah. like take a moment before they talk, and then they have this really great one-liner that leaves you like stunned in your seat. Yep. The floor had that same like he just narrowed his eyes, kind of smacked his lips a bit, and said, "I haven't given much thought at all." And next question, like right on to it. Like he just like the uh, team doesn't care, his coaches don't care. I don't understand why so many people are getting so butthurt about it. Like you said, it doesn't affect my life. It doesn't affect any individual person's life except Aaron Rodgers' life. And when it comes down to it, that's all that really matters. If he had a positive experience about it, it wasn't like he was hurting anybody. It wasn't like he was doing anything illegal where he was breaking no laws so what's the deal there is none it, it should have been a non-story but it was and like you said hopefully it brought some awareness to mental health i did like that both he and uh audrey marcus were very clear that this is not for everybody i did some research into the side effects of it and if you're not like a total health nut like rogers and Marcus are then like the side effects can be pretty uncomfortable nothing like bad but like <laughs> diarrhea and like stuff like that just like no thank you throwing out diarrhea yeah, yeah. no like thank you get sick that. like so I should not do that <laughs> um, I'll take his advice and not do that because it is not for everybody but of course that was not his only podcast appearance lately um there was one yesterday, that is Monday, that he was on the Barstool Sports uh, podcast. I don't remember which one it is. They have so many, but Big Cat was the one interviewing him. And, man, I, did you watch, like, any of it? It was one of the most awkward interviews I have ever watched in any sport ever. Yeah, I so I watched a lot of it. Um, you know, it was, like you said, it was... It was like we just talked about, right? He went on the Audrey Marcus podcast for a purpose, right? I don't know what the purpose of this podcast was to, to go on with with clear cut Bears fans, right? And 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 there for for what you for what you like it was I think it was part in my take or or whatever the 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 the, the 
site was that hosted yeah, them. Right. Clearly ran by Bears fans, right? They were. It was clearly, and they sound they seem like a professional, you know, you know, company. So I'm sure there was topics discussed prior to the podcast of what was going to be talked about. This is our plan. There's no way that they're going to have Aaron Rodgers just walk into blindly some of these things they said to him. So Aaron Rodgers had to have known, uh, at least have an idea of what the things are going to say to him. Because if they did do that, if they did, you know have Aaron Rodgers walk in blindly to some of these things that we said, that that, they said to him, it was Aaron Rodgers would say one thing about him and they just, they would start getting horrible reviews. You know what I mean? Or, 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 you know, their, their, their business tactics would go drastically downhill because, you know, Aaron Rodgers spoke on how they, they blindsided him with some of these things. But I mean, for for people listening to this podcast, that may not have seen it. I mean, they asked some off the wall questions. It It was, it was, uh, I saw the article on our website, Wisconsin Sports Heroics, but they asked him blatantly, how many people do you think you killed by not getting the COVID vaccine? And that yeah, was and probably they doubled the most- down. They doubled down and like, you know what? Why don't we just why don't we just limit it to grandmothers? How many grandmothers do you think you killed? And I like, was I'm like, like it, you're not seeing my my face right now, but my mouth was hanging open. Like, I yep. could not, like. First of all, we're not going to discuss whether or not a person should get a COVID vaccine or not because that, you know, that's not what we're here for. But, like, the facts are that Aaron Rodgers did not. The fact is that he had it. Also, a fact is is that he was not around a whole lot of people. I was reading another interview that he gave today, and he said one of the great things about this season is that the tables are back in the locker room where players can sit around and play cards and games and hang out. Because, like, back last year because of COVID, everyone had to stay at their lockers. You came in, you played, and you went home. And so, like, that question that they asked was just so dumb, and they were laughing about it. Like, ha, ha, ha. And Aaron Rodgers, he was real quick. He's like... I know you guys are just effing around, but I don't find this funny at all. And it got really awkward. It did. It did. And that was really the only part of the whole interview that seemed actual, you know, this was not planned, right? This is this, the Aaron Rodgers reacting to this may not have been what we thought was going to happen. I don't know what they did expect, but I don't think they expected Aaron Rodgers to clap back the way that he did so immediately. Uh, but I mean, getting past that extremely awkward, you know, uh, back and forth between them, the rest of the podcast was honestly kind of humorous in, in a sense. It was it was Aaron Rodgers mocking them, like, "Hey, do you uh, do you find it funny that your greatest accomplishment as a fan is just hoping for my downfall rather than your team's success?" And and Barcel Cat, you know, you know, uh, to him, he had a great response and said, "Yeah, I've." Already accepted that I'm a loser. I accepted the Bears. He actually said the Bears are not a well well ran franchise, which I mean I think is a, 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 a of recent type of thing. Their 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 history is incredible, but yes, as of recent, maybe not a well ran franchise. Um, and he totally admitted that, and he's a he's well known for a huge Bears fan. And uh, um, so I go in every year knowing that I'm going to lose. So me hoping that you lose in the playoffs is is my Super Bowl. And lately, I've won the Super Bowl every year, <laughs> referencing Aaron Rodgers' losses in the playoffs. And and Aaron Rodgers laughed about it, and they, they kind of went back and forth. And there was a ton of banter like that between between them back and forth. And 
And uh, maybe it, it just brings me back to I don't know the purpose of it, right? Was it for you know to Aaron Rodgers and this and this guy just you know maybe talk off and on for the past couple of years and it may be time to finally get on a podcast. Maybe Aaron Rodgers is just on a podcast kick right now because he did the Aubrey Marcus one. Now he wants to do this one. Obviously, completely. Yeah, that's exciting. a good question because like the last few years, all he's been, all he's done is uh, Pat McAfee. Yep. Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays, and that was like the only like real availability that you got of Aaron Rodgers because you know he was he's on there with McAfee and his old pal AJ Hawk, and you know that's where we really started to see the real Aaron Rodgers come out. And yep. uh, some people loved it, some people don't. Who cares if they don't? I love him. Yeah. He wins a lot of football games for my team. <laughs> Um, it's not like he's out there being a Deshaun Watson or anything like that. You know, you can question his religious choices, his medical choices, his travel choices, but he's not hurting anybody. No, and, and I want to quote. I want to. I want to quote one thing. Right back to his COVID stance. Right, he because he was very adamant on this. I think he said this during the Aubrey Marcus podcast. He said. During this COVID, right, prior to catching COVID and, 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 and before the public was aware that he wasn't actually vaccinated, he informed us. His daily routine every day during the, during the pandemic, you saw him at two places. It was either Barnes & Noble getting a book or the grocery store getting, getting food, right? Everywhere he went, obviously, he was masked up. Every morning before 9 o'clock in the morning, he tested negative. Every single morning that he went out to the public, in public right with a mask on he had tested positive he had tested negative that morning for covid so for fans to like jump on him and say he was he was a, a menace or he put other people at risk he tested negative every single day and then the one day that he didn't test negative he tested positive he went home and didn't leave home for 10 days so he took every precaution that every other person in in america was taking at that point in time and probably even more so the, because of his his level of 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 you know fame, so I just want to put that out there that you can question if you want to question his his medical status. And that's that's your prerogative. Go right ahead, right? But don't try to sit there and say that he put other people at risk because he tested negative every single morning that he left the house. And don't make the mistake of thinking that he cares what you think. He <laughs> does not. He does not. He he. I kind of like this. I give zero Fs, Rogers. Like, I, I, I do not agree personally with a lot of the things he says, but it is so fun. Yep. Like, and and I'm I'm liking you know if he gets if he gets a ring, oh my! If he gets another ring, I should say, watch out because he is going to say some off the wall things stuff. I think. Yeah, and then he's gonna retire. Yeah, he's gonna retire. He's gonna go on a high note. I do think so. Yeah. Yep. I think so too. Yeah. Well, that's that's been Aaron Rodgers. Um, another Packer player that took part in some podcasting this past week was Robert Tanyan. Um, was on a podcast called uh, "Bussin' with the Boys," which is uh, I, I forget what uh, sports website and affiliate. Uh, runs that one but they had their bus up at Lambeau Field and they invited Robert Tanyan onto the bus where they have their podcast uh, thing set up and they were asking him about 
his ACL recovery and his season last year. And he said something that was really interesting to me. He said that the Packers last year got away from their true selves. And what he meant by that was he said that even when they were winning games, I mean, they went 13-4 and four last year. Realistically, could have been 14-3 and three if they had tried in Week 18. But he said even when they were winning games, they were really down on themselves. What do you think about that, McQuaid? I think it was, it was I, I read, because you, you, you made an article about it, and I, I read it, I thought it was very interesting to see him reference that and, and going into, you know, the, this new season with a different mentality. That you can put all the wins on the, on the field that you want, but, you know, if you, the mentality is not there or the attitude or whatever it is that he may have suggested that wasn't right, um wasn't there i think that that's that that's pretty telling especially for someone who was a vocal point of a spectacular offense in 2020 i mean this guy set records in in 2020 he he set records tight end packers records in 2020 and and getting back to you know if the packers are not them true selves last year you you can see that you know on the um you know for you you can you can hear what he has to say and 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 understand where he's coming from but you, know, you can also see it on the field i mean they did not use tight ends last year like they like they like they normally like to and 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 even like they did in 2020 and uh, i think that, that that changes this year and when when, when it, whenever it is that tonin comes back week one or week four or week eight whatever it is i think they their green bay is going to utilize him and in the in the meantime i think they're going to see what they got in tyler davis yeah hey. Davis, oh, Rich Bisaccia likes him, so Bisaccia likes him. You're probably going to make the team. I think Josiah DeGuar, doing all right. I think Josiah DeGuar is going to be a, a big player this year. But what really struck me about Tanyan's comments was the mental side of things. And, like, how he had to be away from the team well, he wasn't away from the team. He was still with the team. But he had to be away from the field, sit back and watch this attitude of, can we really do it? Are we good enough? Like, yeah, we won, but, man, it was an ugly win. And it reminded me of after the Bucks won the championship back in 2021, P.J. Tucker out there on the podium, drunk, telling Milwaukee that we dogs, mm. you know, a dog mentality, like, nope. we're in a fight, we're mentally strong, we are just going to wear you out, out phys- we're going to be so physical, and you're not going to break us physically or mentally, and I feel like the Packers were missing that last year, that dog mentality. And hopefully they they found it this year. It sure sounds like Rich Bisaccia is bringing that to special teams for sure. A lot of the Packers uh, media uh, content creators that are fortunate enough to watch uh, practice every day say that there is some very colorful language flying out of the special teams part of the field. It is very loud and is very frequent. 
And sometimes it takes just one player, one person to get that dog mentality back or get it in general. And last year, Jair Alexander was not out there. Let me tell you, that dude is a dog. He's going to get in your face. He's going to talk some smack. And he's going to get his own own players pumped up. Now, not only that, Rashawn Gary is taking on that leadership role. We, we've seen it already in training camp. We've seen him go hype up the, 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 the defense number two, right? Second string guys, when they were on the field, um, all it takes it's one or two people, right, to 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 start um, have that dog mentality, and and those two guys right there, Jay Alexander by himself, he's gonna bring some dog mentality to that, de- to that defense. But Rashawn Gary, also, he is going to be a true leader on this defense, and uh, that attitude is 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 contagious on that defense. Yeah, speaking of Jair Alexander, someone finally shut down Romeo Dubs. <laughs> Practice. Future Hall of Famer Romeo Dubs. Future Hall of Famer Romeo Dubs. And it was future Hall of Famer Jair Alexander that did it. Yep. Um, and apparently Alexander was letting him have it. Exactly um, what I'm talking about, that dog mentality. So good to hear. Because, I mean, Dubs is going to be fine. He's going to be good. But it was also good to hear that Jair Alexander has not lost that that edge after missing so much of last season and everything. I'm I'm really excited to see him back. I just love the competitive edge that he brings to the team. I like still like so many games. The the one time he uh what was it? He blocked uh, Stefan Diggs back into Adam Thielen, or was it the vice versa? And, and it resulted in a resulted in ten yard loss. Yeah, and it, or uh, what was it? Week one or two against the Vikings a couple years ago, where he just went nuts with a, a safety sack. Sacking Kirk Cousins in the yep. That he just yep. like it was an audible, like that was not the way the play was drawn up, but he saw it. He saw, saw it. And he fucking... it was gonna go, and he goes, "I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it." Yeah, Man. I loved it. I love, and that's that's what you know. Green Bay's defense—they were great last year, but they had they may 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 have been missing that killer instinct. And if they were, you know, that's what uh, that's what Green Bay is gonna have next year or this year. Yeah, I'm really really excited for that defense to see what is uh, what is in store for them. All right, moving on. It's, it's, you know, we're really excited because uh, this, this weekend, preseason game one, 49ers will have another uh, episode later on in the week where we'll preview that, but for right now, Packers content is hard to come by. There's not really a whole lot to talk about, but you know what there is to talk about every day? The Brewers. Not always good. In fact, the last few days have not been good. The Brewers, who just got swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, But we do have some good news. Jackson Churio, number two prospect in all baseball now. He is the Brewers' number one prospect overall. He is in MLB's top 100. But Baseball America just uh, released their uh, top 100 prospects. Jackson Churio, number two. I can't think of a lot, uh, of any time in the Brewers' history where they've had a prospect that high. Nope. Definitely not. And that's like talking, you know, Ryan Braun, Prince Fielder, 
in our system. Um, just none of them were, were that high, highly rated in, in um, across Major League Baseball. And then the other thing that was really interesting today was uh, that Jacob, oh, I'm going to butcher this name, Misiorowski, pitcher out of uh, Crowder College. Brewers drafted in the second round. Um, they signed him for a first, like they paid him what they would pay a first rounder be, uh, because he was committed to LSU. So they kind of had to overpay uh, to get him. But he is being called by experts the steal of the draft. Now, I wrote something up about him earlier. I don't know if you got a chance to uh, read it, uh, McQuaid. But let me, I'm going to describe him, I'm going to describe him to you, and I want you to tell me who he reminds you of. 6'7, 190 pounds, freakishly athletic on the mound. Fastball, over 100 miles per hour, and a wicked slider. Sounds like we got a uh, Josh Hader on our hands. Yeah, I know. I, the guy sounds like a right-handed Josh Hader. Now he's a starter. Uh, for now, uh, they do want him to develop a third pitch if he's going to stay as a starter. Uh, he's also got a curveball and changeup that he can throw, but neither of those pitches are scouted very well. Uh, they they need they think that the curveball has the most potential, but if he can't get one of those to be major league ready, they will move him to the bullpen, and we will have the next Josh Hader on our hands. Only he'll be right-handed. So that's kind of exciting, and the fact that you know the national media is saying that this guy's the steal of the draft. Makes me feel real good about the draft. You know, the Brewers have some pieces in place to, to be successful long-term. I, I do believe that. Um, it's just, you know, you, you, want the front, you want the front office. You want, you want the, the execs, right? You want them to make a move that you think is going to help them win right now today. And I think two weeks ago, you know, before the trade deadline, um, we thought that we were in a position to at least maybe one piece away, right? Maybe we're one piece away or so from being that team, right? Now, two weeks later, we've lost a series against the Pirates. We, we lost a series against the Reds, uh, or at least we've lost two out of the first three. I'm not sure if they're playing in game four tomorrow. Either way, we're not in a very good slump, right? Or we're not in a very good position right now. And we just took an L, or a seemingly L, right? Because you can't judge trades right away, obviously, but... In, in every trade that we did, we, we traded for, we traded away Josh Hader. We don't think we got a lot, we got a lot in return for him. We traded one of our top prospects for an old pitcher, a 38 year old, who may be able to help a little bit this year, but nothing that we think is going to help them win a World Series this year. And it's just been real frustrating. And then to see those trades happen, and then, right, to see, we talked about it last week, the, the, uh, Mark Anastasio's comments just on how, um, he completely threw, you know, the the uh, um, front office guys under the Craig Council and, and David Stearns under the bus, right? Yep, under the bus for his, hey, I'm hands-off with, with, with player transactions. I used to be hands-on. I was told I was doing too much, and so now I'm hands-off. And maybe now I'm a little bit too hands-off. It was just, this tale is old as time. If you're going to be the front office of anything, you need to be a united front 
against any outsiders, right? Not and that's the biggest outsider out there is the media, and you're going to throw two other two of your. It's just not a, we're not in a good stretch right now from Milwaukee Brewer baseball on or off the field, and it's just real frustrating. But hey, looking to some good good Brewers news. Yes, we got two darn good prospects that uh, we have good reason to be excited about, and, and even the, and Ruiz stole sixty bases in in uh um minor league or, or triple a play and 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 uh another one we've got great prospects right and and we're awesome with that but i mean hey this is the season where we could make the playoffs for five years in a row we we're, we've graduated a little bit from hey let's just make the playoffs now it's hey let's find pieces to win a pennant and this last couple of weeks it feels like we went back went backwards with that yeah Although, even the national guys are saying that this trade makes it so that the Brewers remain competitive. Now, I know that we'll there are a lot of fans out there that would trade 20 years of being competitive for one World Series. Yep. And I'm just, I'm just not in that camp. That's just a personal opinion. <laughs> I would bring, like, just because I remember growing up in the 90s and watching the Brewers struggle to win 65 games every year I'll 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 take I'll take some 90 win seasons and some like the playoff losses hurt but you know if you make the playoffs 20 years in a row you're bound to win a world series I mean even that the Atlanta Braves got one back in the 90s like they were the epitome of make the playoffs every year and fail because they did like fourteen division titles in a row. I think they got one World Series out of it. But I'll take that. I will take that in a heartbeat. I would too. You know, I'm, 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 and like I said, you know, maybe long term we look back in this this whole 2022 trade deadline and it, and it works out for the best. Um, but you know, we gotta we gotta make that push one year. Get us get a, get a pennant and. Uh, Hopefully we're wrong with our immediate gut reactions. Same. Well, since this current Brewers team is so depressing to talk about, we're going to spend the rest of the podcast talking about some old Brewers. Not too old, though, because I know McQuaid doesn't go back that far and isn't as old <laughs> as me. So we're going to uh in the 2000s. But we're going to start out by saying that big congratulations to uh, Jonathan Lucroy. Ryan Braun and Prince Fielder, all three were honored over the weekend on Sunday. Jonathan Lucroy signed a one-day contract and retired with the Milwaukee Brewers and was inducted to the uh, Wall of Honor. Ryan Braun also was inducted onto the Wall of Honor, and Prince Fielder was inducted to the Walk of Fame. Now, if you're wondering what the difference is between the two things, I don't have those for you right now you can look for one of my articles on wisconsin sports heroics and find it though but i'll let you know that the walk of fame is a lot more exclusive than the wall of honor so big congrats to them loved watching all three of them play prince fielder was my personal favorite of the of the three i was really sad when they let him go but what can you do all right, which brings us to our last segment. We're bringing back the game Start, Bench, Cut, but we're doing Brewers editions. 
And so what we're going to do is we're going to go through uh, all the positions. We're not doing pitchers, uh, starting pitchers, or relief pitchers. We're just going through the uh, other the other positions on the field. And we're going to list three recent Milwaukee Brewers going back to, oh, the late 90s for some positions just because... I mean, these are rough years for for a lot of a lot of positions, but also now and some other ones. All right, so first one, catcher. I for for me at least, this is going to be uh, an easy one. Catcher, start, bench, cut, McQuaid, Jonathan Lucroy, Yasmani Grandal, and Omar Narvaez. I'm starting Lucroy, benching Grandal, and cutting Narvaez. Easy day all day. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you on that one. Uh, Lou Croy obviously had a really nice career with the Milwaukee Brewers, made, I think, two all-star teams. Grandal was really fun to watch. The one year he was here set the franchise record for home runs by a catcher and had an amazing OPS and everything. It was a real bummer that he wouldn't sign... Uh, long term with us, but as it turned out, I think we got the better end of that non-signing as he has really struggled with the Chicago White Sox since signing that deal. And uh, I'm also cutting Omar Narvaez, all-star last year, but just is not getting it done this year. Bummer. Alright, first base, another easy one. Prince Fielder, Richie Sexton. Rowdy Telez. Uh I'm starting Prince Fielder. Easy day. Uh, and I might be living in the moment because Rowdy, is. this is his first time being a full-time starter uh, for the Milwaukee Brewers, but I'm benching Rowdy and I'm going to cut Richie. Uh, but I love Rowdy. Give me some Rowdy and then start Prince Fielder. Yeah, I am starting. I think that he is the best. Well, oh, uh, man. Mm. Cecil Cooper was a good offensive catcher. Okay, but of recent years, of this era, Prince Fielder is the best offensive catcher that we, or the best offensive first baseman that we've had. And then I am benching Richie Sexton. Uh, I, I, I got to see him play a lot uh, in the two and a half years, I think, that he was here. Really enjoyed it. Uh, saw him in the Home Run Derby in 2002 when it was at Miller Park. And I am cutting Rowdy, uh, even though I love him. And he's having a great year. I just, he's just not on the same plane as a fielder or, or a sexton. Um, it'd be cool if he got there, but he's not. All right, second base. This might own kind of easy as well. The rest of them aren't as easy, everyone, I promise. They're not going to be all softballs. Second base, Ricky Weeks, Colton Wong, and Keston Hira. Uh, so I grew up, when I was, when I first started getting into baseball, Ricky Weeks was one of my favorite players, my favorite Brewers. This was back in the early 2010s, late uh, 2000s. Um, loved me for some Ricky Weeks. Uh, I'm starting him. I'm benching Keston Hira because I still think there's something there. I think Keston Hira can be uh, something legitimate for this team. I'm going to go ahead and cut Colton Wong. Yeah, I'm going to start Ricky Weeks as well. I mean, and, and 
as far as longevity goes, he was with the Brewers for a long time, came up through the system, had some very nice years. It was an all-star, participated in a home run derby. Injuries kind of got the better of him uh, a lot there, but I really enjoyed it. And I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to bench um, Keston Hira. I think that offensively there's going to be something there. I mean, I mean, they finally DFA'd Pedro Severino, called up Colton or called up Keston Hira, and what does he do? He hits a home run. I think he hit two since he's been called up. I mean, the guy can hit. It's just a matter of getting him consistent at bats. So, I'm going to bench him. I'm going to cut Colton Wong. Although I do love the Wong Dong thing that they throw up on the screen every time he hits a home run. And he's a good guy. He's a good... Uh, he was a finalist for a gold glove last year. But... I got I got I got to give the nod to to Keston. All right, shortstop. Okay, here we go. This is the first tough one. JJ Hardy, Willie Adamas, Craig Council. Start bench cut. <laughs> uh, might be prisoner of the moment as well, but I'm going to bench or I'm going to start Willie. Uh, I'm going to bench Craig, Craig Council and cut JJ. Wow, so uh, I am once again calling for a new co-host of Cheesecake <laughs> Podcast. Cause how are you cutting J.J. Hardy? My goodness. Every fangirl of the late 2000s is going to cancel us now. Thanks, McQuaid. I'm starting J.J. <laughs> Hardy, so before anyone cancels us, just make, make sure you know that Robin is starting J.J. Hardy. J.J. Hardy, I think, was... One of the best defensive shortstops uh, at the at the time. The fact that he never won a Gold Glove with the Brewers is beyond me. He won three with the Baltimore Orioles after he ended up there, but he was a. I mean, he hit 260, 270, had a couple of 25 home run seasons, about made an All Star team. Just a solid guy hitting in that number two spot behind um, Ricky Weeks. Sometimes he, he was hitting lower in the order when he first came up, but really, really enjoyed him. And then I am benching Willie Adamas, not just because I think he is a better hitter than Craig Council was, but he is so fun to have. And I'm cutting Craig Council, but I'm re-signing him as my manager because <laughs> I, like, I like what he's doing as the manager of the Milwaukee Brewers. So I'm keeping him around, just not as a player. All right, third base. This one is really interesting. You know, I wrote an article like a year ago for Wisconsin Sports Heroics about how the Brewers have had a problem at third base for a long time. Like, you would have to go back almost to Don Money to find, and Jeff Cirillo, to find a guy that started at third base every day for the Brewers for a extended period of time. So we're going to go with 
three most recent guys that played third base for the Brewers. The longest I, any of them ever stayed around was three years, and that is Aramis Ramirez, Mike Moustakis, and Travis Shaw. You know, I love me. I love me some Mike Moustakis. He uh, hit that walk off in the playoffs a few years ago. Um, I love me some Mike Moustakis. I'm starting him. Uh, I love I love Travis Shaw too. I'm a bench him and I'm a cut Ramirez. Uh, but I, I I'm gonna give a nod to Mike Moustakis above all of them for sure. Interesting. I am starting Aramis Ramirez. Um. Even though. His first year with the Brewers was really the only... It was, like, the best year he had. It was, it was really good. Um, but I also like that he stuck around. He was a really good defensive third baseman as well. I am benching Mike Moustakis because I loved having him on my team. He was another guy I was really bummed that they couldn't bring back. But also... It turns out that we kind of won that non non sign as as well. But I always liked hearing. I, I had a I have a friend who worked uh, downtown bar scene bartender and everything, and said that like after every game, Mike Mustakis was in one of the bars downtown for his dinner, and then he went home. And I always thought that was really cool. Only Milwaukee, and I'm um, I'm cutting Travis Shaw because the Brewers did, and I don't want to be I don't want to be left out. All right, left field. Oh no, this is a tough one. Well, maybe it's maybe it's not. Ryan Braun, Christian Yelich, Jeff Jenkins. I'm starting Braun, benching Yelich, and cutting Jenkins. I love me some Braun. He's my childhood hero for the Brewers. I'm starting him all day. Yeah. Um, you can tell that we come from very different generations of Brewers fans, even though I'm <laughs> four years older, because my childhood hero watching baseball was Jeff Jenkins. But that being said, I am going with Ryan Braun. Um I don't know how you can't unless you're still kind of butthurt over the whole PED thing, which I wouldn't be surprised if Jenkins was doing it too, because everybody was back then. But I'm starting Braun. I mean, MVP, five-time All-Star, just you have to. And then, you know, Christian Yelich, MVP, couple batting titles. Granted, they all came when he was playing right field, but he's currently playing left field, so I stuck him in left in our left field category. And then I unfortunately am also cutting uh, Jeff Jenkins, who was one of my favorites growing up. Center field. This one got interesting for me, but I want to hear what you think. Lorenzo Cain, Carlos Gomez, and Mike Cameron. You know, I this one a little bit too, but I love I love Carlos Gomez. Um, he he he, <laughs> he was crazy in that center field. Um, one of the fastest guys I've seen in, in the outfield. I'm starting him, benching Lorenzo Cain. Uh, he's done a lot for for. I mean, he he gave it his all for Milwaukee. Uh, I think he's a little bit old now. The the 
father time caught up with him, but I love me some Kane. I'm gonna cut I'm cutting Mike Cameron. Um but give me Carlos Gomez out of those three all day. Yeah, I'm actually gonna agree with you on that one. I also am uh starting Carlos Gomez. Uh just like talking about how exciting he was to watch play. Like, this is a guy who, he swung with every muscle in his body. And if he connected, that ball went really far. But if he didn't, he landed on his butt. Yep. And it was just so fun. And, like, him running and the helmet flying off. I mean, this guy was a a 2020 guy a couple times. 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases. And I just loved watching him play uh, center field as well. I don't think he won a gold glove. I'm going to check on that real quick. Because I know that he was up for one. He was a finalist a few times. That is a thing. Yeah, he. oh, he did win a gold glove. He won a gold glove in 2014 with the Brewers. Won uh, his second, or I'm sorry, 2013 with the Brewers. He was a gold glove center fielder. Uh, he was also an all-star that year and finished ninth in MVP voting. He had 24 home runs, 73 RBI, and 40 stolen bases. 40 stolen bases. Man. I would love to have that on the team right now. <laughs> they really well with Ruiz coming up pretty soon. But, man, he was so fun to watch. He was so electric. Mike Cameron uh, was only on the Brewers for a couple years. Uh, wasn't, like, too bad. 240, 250. He hit, like, 20, 25 home runs in 2008, 24 home runs in uh, 2009. So, not terrible. He was a decent center fielder, former gold glover winner, not with us, but he was, he was good, just not as good as Carlos Gomez and Lorenzo Cain. And then, finally, right field. Jeremy Burnitz, Corey Hart, and Avisail Garcia. You know, you got me on this one, <clears throat> to be honest with you. Um... But I'm gonna go with what I know with what I know for for anything else and for what is worth. I used to blast home runs on MLB the Show with Corey Hart, so I'm starting Corey Hart, benching Garcia, and cutting uh, Bernitz. You fool! I also am <laughs> starting Corey Hart though. I loved Corey Hart. Um, yeah. One baseball I caught at a game was a foul ball off the bat of Corey Hart. Um, so that's cool. That's but very cool. I also really enjoyed watching him play. Um, I was uh, really bummed out when a couple times he got hurt, but he was just a solid baseball player, and he did whatever they asked him to do. Right field, okay. Left field, okay. Third base, sure. First base, yeah, I guess. For a while, I was really hoping that he would be the long-term answer at first base after Prince Fielder left, but health and 
everything did not allow that to happen. The one cool story I have about him was my former roommate was a um, worked at the Barnes and Noble at Bayshore Mall down there, and uh, he did he does not follow baseball at all. He he does not know anything about sports, but he also used to work at the Three Hundred Club at Miller Park, so he knew like some names, and so he's ringing up this guy who is buying $200 worth of children's books. He's got his kids there with him. And the guy swipes his card and my roommate looked at the receipt and saw Corey Hart. He goes, did you know we have a kids club? You can sign up your kids for this monthly thing and books and stuff like that. And Corey Hart goes, Oh, sure, I'll do that. And so my roommate sold him a kids club membership at Barnes and & Noble <laughs> and came home and told me that he met Corey Hart. And I was insanely jealous because he did not appreciate it. And I would have. <laughs> but I will start Corey Hart. I am going to bench Jeremy Burnett's pool. Uh, Jeremy Burnett's so exciting to watch. I mean, you know, you got into baseball too late with the Milwaukee scene. Because back in the late 90s, when we had nothing going for us, it was so fun to have Burnett's, Sexton, Jenkins, 3, 4, 5 in the lineup. And each of those guys could hit 30 home runs a year if they were healthy and able to. Like, they were so fun. It was all I had going for me as a child. Um, but Jane Burnett's actually took part in the Home Run Derby, 1999. I think Griffey won it that year. Um, but very cool uh, thing for him. But yeah, I'm uh, benching Burnett and I am cutting Garcia. Again, sounds like the Brewers got on the better end of that non-signing. He is not having a good year down in Miami. Well, that's going to be it for the Cheese Dad Sports Podcast for this one. McCoy, uh, do you want to tell the people where they can find you? Yep, you can find my work at WisconsinSportsHeroics.com as well as GridironHeroics.com and give our Facebook page, Wisconsin Sports Heroics, a follow. All of our great content we post it on that page every single day. Yep, and you can follow me at the other Adams one, or not the that's my old one. I had to change it since Devontae left. Uh, at the other Robin19 on Twitter, and you can follow all my work on Wisconsin Sports Heroics, Gridiron Heroics, and Sports Not. I just published an article on there uh, ranking the best Brewers relievers of all time. Josh Hader's number one. Find out who the other four are. All right. Have a good night, everybody.